Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Not as happy as last week. Unfortunately, that was a bit of a heartbreaker. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on YouTube. I'm sure that you guys are feeling exactly the same as I am at the moment. And Mac, I'm sure you're feeling the same as well. How are you going? I was shattered, mate. I was so, I was really so shattered. I was so uptight and shattered. I had to take a bloody Valium afterwards. I was up <laughs> Yeah, it was a shocker. And you could see it happening a mile out, couldn't you? Oh, I was looking at the time clock and just seeing, just proportionately, it's just moving away and away yeah. and away and away. And I thought they're going to get us. Yes, uh, unfortunately. Um, look. Uh, inaccurate goal kicking again uh, to start off with and then uh, just an an unwillingness to take the game on when it mattered both by the players and also by the coaching staff, Mac, in my opinion. Big error, big error because what we were doing is not giving ourselves the opportunity to score and trying to hold on rather than actually trying to make it a football game. And uh, there was also... Uh, one really striking thing which you probably noticed yourself at our uh, setups, we were dominating the ruck, but they kept one midfielder back from the contest, and and then then he they'd just we would scratch all of our bees to a, a hive, and uh, they they get the ball out to him, and Noble would roar pass on the uh, pass every time. How long do you you know? As a coaching staff, how how many times do you fall for the same thing? Well, and it was exacerbated by the fact that they dropped one off the contest and put him behind the ball, Geordie Dawson, towards the end there in the last quarter. So it was a very bad move, in my opinion, by the coaching staff. What we needed to do was actually crowd up the contest. Um, We actually gave them an extra around the ball and they were able to get it away. There's lots around the midfield to talk about tonight. Um, Matt, because we got pantsed in that area, I thought, and um, yeah, I, I I felt like the whole club, players and coaches, lacked courage tonight. I wouldn't say courage as much as belief, and in the sense that Collingwood just had that belief that if we keep boring away, we'll win it. We had our belief was more: we have to defend like buggery to save it. Yeah, belief is a, is a better word. Um, uh, but I think you've got to show courage to instill belief. You've got to actually back yourself in, right? And I don't reckon the club, from the from the moment we went out there and we were shaky around the goals and all the rest of it, we, we seemed to lack the desire to win the game. We were trying not to lose the game for most of it. And you get those pokey little shots at goal from straight out in front. They are opportunities to win the game, and no one wanted to win that game tonight. It looked that way. And, you know, they probably would argue that that's not true, but looking from the outside, that's the way it came across. Yeah. Anyway, look, um, it was a uh, heart-stopping end to a pretty dismal round, I thought. Um, Wasn't a lot 
to get excited about, was there? No, no, there wasn't. There's two games here that I'm going to give you one line for. They're that bad. Yeah, no, I like, I'm just uh, not excited about this bit at all. So we'll be able to zip through it fairly quickly, I reckon, Mac. I think so. Let's, let's go. Uh, so on Friday night, the power in, inflicting a defeat on St Kilda, 83 to 76 by seven points. Well, I have to, you know, I hate to say it, but it was a good win by the power because they were absolutely slaughtered uh, by uh, Marshall in the middle in the ruck because uh, they had some makeshift sort of ruck, t- ruck set up. But um, overall, it was mainly their midfielders that did the damage and they got the ball up forward and scored. And look, it was a... I thought St Kilda had the game at one stage, but then Port Adelaide, to their, to their credit, they did... They did what we should have done. They took the game on to win the game, I think. Yeah. And that's that's why they got up and won it. Yep, that's right. Um, They didn't didn't give in at any stage. Um, I I felt like St Kilda got shown up a bit. Um, We saw what Brad Crouch is like under pressure. He reverted back to the norm after a few good weeks. Uh, Just uh, his disposal was shocking. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's never been the best, but when you're going... uh, when you're going well and you're beating the other side by 10 goals, you all tend to kick a little bit better. Yeah. Um, on the Saturday, uh, the Lions cleaned up the Dockers by 48 points, 115 to 67. Dockers uh, almost not worth talking about now. No, the Dockers, the, you know, they gave two first-round draft picks for Jackson. I raised that last week. He, I looked at him again this week. I'd be I'll give a second round for him. One, one second round, not much more. Uh, and yeah, you know, they, they 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 didn't have really much going for them. Um, they had a couple of guys in the midfield who tried hard, but you know, and uh, a guy called Young who did pretty well. But but really, the rest of it was just just too good. Uh, Brisbane, their midfield just slaughtered them. Young Ashcroft. That I suppose one of the highlights was Ash, Ashcroft's goal. Getting the ball and kicking it all in mid-air from a tight angle, that was a hell of a goal. Yeah, it wasn't a bad effort. wasn't a bad effort at all. Um, the Giants getting up at the death over the Swans, 107-106. Really good win by the Giants there. Uh, the Swans be bitterly disappointed with that one. Very similar to our game, really. Uh, you know, it was City where it was going well. They had the game in their keeping. Uh, GWS dared to try to win, and they they were four goal down, and there wasn't all that much time, but uh, they just kept on attacking mercilessly. Sydney did the wrong thing; they went on the defensive as well. And um, Green was quite uh, quite magical in a couple of goals he got there in the last quarter. And uh, mm. yeah, they they got up to they did what uh, unfortunately what Collingwood did and got up by a point. Yeah, Toby Green was immense. At the death there, just such a clutch player. He is. Yeah. Uh, the Bulldogs up by 29 in the end. Um, Hawthorne stuck with them for a while, but uh, couldn't get the chocolates 94 to 65. Yeah, uh, well, Hawks were actually up by three points at half time, but uh, yeah, Dogs hadn't really got going by that stage. And then uh, their mid midfield, which is a pretty good midfield, started to take over. Uh, ironically, Hawks midfield have been dominating in the first half, so, mm. but then Dogs got on top, and uh, yeah, after that was bye bye Hawks. Tell you what, wouldn't have minded Will Day to come back to South Australia. <laughs> I was going to raise his, his name. Yeah, yeah. 
look, he's only just starting his career as a mid. You know, he's yeah. been a halfback. Maybe gone to a mid. He's going to be an outstanding player. Yeah, very, very good. Um, Melbourne getting uh, the chocolates over North quite easily, 90 points, and it probably could have been more, 139 to 49. North Melbourne just over the last couple of weeks giving Clarko a bit of a reality check. Yeah, my money comment there is that Oliver Petrarca and Brayshaw played well and uh, North Melbourne are in for a world of pain, in my opinion. They've only got uh, the young boy, uh, Sheasel, um, maybe Hall, maybe McDonald, Steeble. There's nothing else. They just don't have the cattle at the moment, North. Yeah, I just want to raise that point, which I'll bring in at a later date, to talk about the Tasmanian team. Yeah, we can uh, we can do that. Yeah, you got when when you've got two sides to get builder like this. Yeah. Uh, next game, speaking of a belting Carlton, one hundred and fifty-two to Eagles forty-four, hundred and eight point winners there. Yeah, nine goals to Kerno was a highlight of that game. I'm not, not worth talking about. Oh well, I mean Kerno was a standout. He was just very very good. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we can talk a lot about West Coast, but it's going to get to the point where West Coast actually need to think about what they're going to do in the future. And I don't know whether Adam Simpson's uh, got an inning anymore. No, if, you, if you're going to talk about West Coast, I think he has to go. They have to get a coach that's uh, going to be patient and do a total rebuild. And he's going to have to do it pretty quickly with the Tasmanian likely to come in about three or four years' time. So you, you've got to really start doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, phew, what's the next one? Uh, Essendon and the Cats. Geelong getting up by 28 points. Didn't see this one today, uh, but it seemed like Geelong had it in control for most of the game. Yeah, Geelong uh, skipped away for about a six-goal lead at one stage, and uh, but after half-time, Essendon outscored them by a couple. And um, look, it was just a, a high-scoring game, ball flowing around all over the place, and uh, Big Hawkins got eight goals. <laughs> Easy to good. It'd be nice to have somebody like that. Um, yeah, I think it was just a to Essendon's uh, credit, they're not they're not up there with the big boys, but they can play some good quality football at times. Yeah, just dropped out of the eight too. Um, the mid-afternoon game we had. Whoops, what have I done there? Oh, well, that'll do. Uh, the Suns killing. I, I had. I knew there'd be an upset on the Sunday, and I picked the other one. I picked the the Essendon game, and it was the Suns that got up over Richmond uh, by twenty-four points. Uh, Richmond just about gone, Mac. Well, I made that conclusion about Richmond about a week ago, mate. So I actually picked the Suns, and um, uh, you'd think they, you know, they again they they sold the farm to get uh, Hopper and Taranto, but you know, they, Cotchin, that Cotchin looks like an old pensioner playing out there, mate. He he should be told <laughs> no, seriously. He they cannot play him. It, it's an no, insult. He's done. To he's done. He is. He's totally cooked, and uh, look. I would think that they'll definitely be a bottom four team this year the way they're going, and you wouldn't expect the coach to survive. Well, I don't know whether they'll be bottom four. There's a fair few clubs stinking it up at the moment. <laughs> you mean they've got good competition for that bottom four. Yeah. Uh, Wally, in the chat, 
we have gone back and forth on this the whole time. It's 10 minutes. I'm sure you can put up with it or just maybe log in 10 minutes later. Um, I'm not changing format again. Every time I drop off the round the grounds, people winch. Every time I do it, people winch. So we're just doing it, aren't we, Mac? Well, we can do it again if maybe he wants it. We'll go through it again if he wants. <laughs> All right, you've got two minutes to talk about Tassie. Well, I'm actually one of those that are against Tassie. Not so much in principle because of against Tasmania, but uh, on the concept of bringing another team in without knowing for certain that's going to be financially viable and, having, and not creating another bloody legacy like we have in the Gold Coast and GWS, and there aren't enough good players now at AFL level. Uh, yeah, the top sides they drain the good sides from the lower, good players from the lower teams. But you've got a couple of teams, two or three teams, are just full of, well, not AFL class players. And you're going to have another team that's going to come in. It's going to disrupt the whole bloody competition where they're going to have drafting is going to go out the window. So anybody planning a rebuild is going to get all all stuffed up. And they'll, they'll become another... Uh, if you're near the bottom and when when uh, Tassie come in, you're going to stay there forever, I reckon. And so, because uh, the, uh, the drafting system, what will happen for the first two or three years, I'm just against the whole principle. We don't need it. We need less teams. We need more quality teams. Well, I agree with you on that one, Macca. Um, I'm happy for Tassie to be in. They should have been in earlier. Uh, they should have been in before Greater Western Sydney and Gold Coast, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. Um, because they're a football state, they're a foundation football state, and they've got a fantastic heritage, and they deserve to be in. Um, that being said, the only way, in my opinion, they get in now is if we consolidate Victorian teams. And you and I both know that's not going to happen. No. And you and I both know that until they do consolidate Victorian teams the standard of football is just going to continue to drop. And I agree, we're already um, diluting the talent in the talent pool, in my opinion. And this round this week shows exactly that. You know, there's a big difference between the good teams and the bad teams. And that divide gets bigger and bigger. And there's more teams uh, stinking it up every season. And... um, I just I just feel like we're not doing the game any favours at all as a spectacle and as a product by diluting the talent. Yeah, and I, and I can't see how they can pay their way, mate. I can't see how they can pay their way. There's not enough people down there. Well, I mean, they're only building a stadium that's going to be about 25,000. So they're banking on, you know, having a 25,000 crowd every home game. Um. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much more time on it, but I, I agree with everything that you say, Macca. I, I'm, I'm glad for Tasmania that they're in. The way that it's happening is I've just got a, a lot of misgivings about it. Yeah, well, I'm totally against it. Anyway, uh, look, before we move on, uh, don't forget if you're listening to us on Discord or on YouTube and you want to have something to say, Get around the chat. We do have a couple of people with their hands up. We might actually, we might actually just do the quick summary of the game, and then we'll get uh, some people on. So, animal and Arab child, uh, you guys have got your hand up. I'll get you on in a moment. If anyone else wants to have a chat, we are live and interactive, of course. So uh, feel free. Um, so, in the end, Mac seven sixteen fifty eight. 
23 uh, scoring shots to 8, 11, 59, 19 scoring shots, a margin of one point. They're in front for all of about, what, two minutes or whatever? Uh, and, no, uh, one minute. One minute. One minute, yeah. Bitterly disappointing. Yeah, well, as, as they said, 20 seconds, really, but where they were drawn with one minute to go, and, and then, uh, well, we just blew it in the first quarter. We had, I can't believe some of the absurd goals that we missed in that in that first quarter. And there were three set shots which are added for an, a player of AFL standard that they should kick, and, and we missed those. There were others that were um, sort of running into goals and all that sort of stuff that we missed, um, when you look at the ones that we missed, I, I, I would say there's probably six, seven goals for the game that should have been kicked by us that were an AFL standard player should kick every time. So. so I'll put this to you, Mac. I've been thinking about this a little bit over the last few weeks and with our bad kicking. I think we're the only sport, the only ball sport that excuses bad shooting, right? So mm. whether it's shooting in basketball or kicking uh, kicking a penalty in soccer or whatever, we're the only team that tolerates it. And do you know why I think that is? You tell me. Because we have behinds. Yes. I think it's a subconscious thing that if you've got behinds, oh, and I'll give you an example. In the NFL, they have kickers that can kick field goals from, you know, 40, 50 yards out, yeah. and they will hit they will hit 90% of them, right? 90% yep. of them. And, in fact, to be on an, AF, on an NFL team, you've got to be able to hit that sort of percentage, right? And not only have they got to kick it between two posts, they've got to also kick it over a horizontal post, right? So, and And that ball is notoriously harder to kick in the wind because it's more pointy. So I honestly think that one of the reasons why AFL players struggle to kick accurately and don't get burnt for it as much as they should is because we've got behinds. If you took away the behind posts, then I think that naturally players would become more accurate. I think you're right, but it's never going to happen. Uh, the AFL just wouldn't do that. Um what you no, said I know is, that. I know, I know that. But then, what you've got to do is build that into your kicking routine, right? You got to well, take well, the behinds out of the equation. Oh, you do. And what you have, well, it's all about belief. Thing. When you line up and have a shot for goal, I mean, I was a greedy bastard. I never ever thought about missing the goals. I mean, so I did miss at times, but I never ever thought that I was going to miss it. And it, because it was, uh, that's just self belief. And surely at that level, at AFL level. When you're going to have a shot for goal, when you can hit the, a bloke on, on the run 50 metres away and, put, and lob it so that he can run straight onto it, surely, you know, you, you're, you're picking a spot out there like that. Surely you can just run and kick straight through the ball and kick a goal. I, I just, to me, it's unacceptable that they can, can't kick goal, and what it is is mentally they're not tough enough. Well, I'll tell you what else it is. It's poor technique, and it really, really, really annoys me. I'm a bit of a technique person. Yes. And if you have a look at every shot for goal that was missed from a set shot, every one of them, the player didn't run in a straight line. Yeah, that is 
number one fault. And I, because the minute you do that, you're not necessarily going to be kicking with the sweet spot on your foot. You've got every chance of getting uh, an edge of edge on of the boot one way or the other, depending how which way how you've run. And look, as soon as you start going out to the right, you naturally have to hook the ball to bring it back to centre. Your brain is trying to do what you're telling it to do, but your your body is actually not facilitating it. So you're in a position where you're always going to be crossed up. And yes, there are some um, players, you know, like Buddy or whatever, that, that do the big loop around. But you look at someone like Darcy Fogarty, there's a reason that he doesn't miss. And there's a reason he didn't kick that he didn't miss that drop punt last week is because he just ran straight at the goals and swung his foot through the ball and I hate to sound like a junior coach but pointed his toe at the target. That's all you have to do. I know. I actually use him as uh, my model if I'm ever talking about a person kicking for goal for the very reason you just said. He runs straight, he brings his leg through straight and he points his toe. That's right. If you if you run straight and you point your toe at the target, there is actually no way you can miss it unless you have a epileptic fit on the way through. <laughs> but it's simple mechanics, and it really frustrates me. It really frustrates me that I see blokes. I mean, you can miss goals on the run, you can miss snapshots, all the rest of it. I get it. But if you've got a kick in the in the in the V from forty five uh, forty five degrees to forty five degrees in that V in front of goal. You just should not miss. That should be a 95% accuracy rate. Yep, totally agree. Yep. And, you know, I, it frustrates me because it is, a, it is a bit of a confidence thing, Macca, but because players, you know, it gets in their heads and all the rest of it. But if you've got a solid routine and if you just go through your routine, then you'll kick the ball straight. And it is proven... Because every other sport on the planet that involves putting a ball at a target would not tolerate the accuracy rates that happen at AFL level. Yeah. Just to, and not only, just, not only that, but the name of our game is scoring, right? We're, along with basketball, we're the highest scoring um, sport there is. So shooting is at a premium. Right, and having a set shot for goal is like having a free throw in basketball. And if you don't have an eighty percent um, free throw percentage, then you're not a good shooter, right? In basketball, you no, should have an eighty percent percentage in football as well. Well, you know, if you take it, there were two two quarters in particular where we lost it. First quarter, we kicked three six to naught two, nine scoring shots to two. In the, in the third quarter, we kicked three five to two one, eight scoring shots to three, and when it, it, we go into a situation where we're vulnerable, you know, it's just ridiculous. And you can't just brush it off because that had a, a key impact on the rest of the game. The fact that we weren't six three at quarter time, we were three six. You know, that had a key impact on the game, Macca. It 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 shaped the way the rest of the game panned out. If you're 6-3 going into, half, into quarter time against the top team and they're two goals, one or whatever the hell they were, um, then you've got a mental advantage of also giving yourself a bit of a buffer. We saw how valuable a buffer was against Hawthorne. You know, mm. if we'd have kicked less straight against Hawthorne, we wouldn't have had the buffer that allowed us to, to steal the game at the end, right? 
Yeah. It had a massive was- influence on the game, and it keeps the opposition in with a sniff. And the longer that goes on, the more confident they are that they can get back into it. Mm, I also wonder how the game would have ended up if uh, Butts hadn't decided, here, have a goal. Yeah, that was a bit of a brain fart. Um, a lot of people saying, why did Miller um, lead there? What Miller was actually doing was leading away from Brodie Smith, who was on, who was wider out, which is where the kick should have gone. Um, I don't think he actually wanted the ball. <laughs> That's probably right. Yeah. Anyway, look, let's uh, hear from a couple of people. We'll get Animal on first and hear what Animal's got to say. Uh, come on board, Animal. Make sure your microphone is off mute. Whenever you're ready, mate. Well, there he is. There Take he yourself is. Off. Take yourself off mute, mate. Still on mute. No. That's all the time. I'm going to send you back and get your microphone sorted out. We'll bring Arab Child in in the meantime. Can't have dead air on the radio, can we? On the wireless, can we, Macca? No, no. Arab Child, how are you going? Good, how are you guys going? Good, Good, mate. What What do you got to tell us? I think the game was... It was lost because of our selfishness. It wasn't really most like the inaccuracy and stuff. There were so many easier shots like Rochelle could have given to Keys. Ryan Can could have given to Keys. There was just like so many where I was looking at I'm like, there's a loose player right there. Why are you kicking to the side or like kicking it outwards? Just give it to someone that's closer to that, that you know has a higher chance of winning. That, that I think, was really what cost us. It's a good point you raised, Matt, because I can, there are three occasions where Keith was on his own on near the goals, and that should have gone to him. Yeah, We lost was... by a point and missed about six easy shots. I know what yeah. cost us the game. <laughs> You're right, there were times. I mean, look, there's always times like that, but if if they're kicking them, then you don't care, right? It's only because they missed them that you care. The goals, yeah, that, the goals that weren't passed off, they should have been kicked anyway. Do you think that our maybe coach, like assistant coaches, are could be stronger, especially like with Verlo and our forward coaches? I feel like there's something there where I just think maybe like we might need to get someone stronger in that position, or is that I don't know? It just seems something is off between those two coaches, especially. Which ones? The forward coach and the midfield coaches. Well, there's nothing wrong with the forward coach. James Raleigh has been very, very solid. Mm. I agree with you about Van Berlo, though. Well, but why can't they kick straight? <laughs> That's well, my I mean, biggest he issue. He, like, can't kick it, yeah. he can't kick it for them. Yeah, true. Mm. Um, VB, though, on the other hand, our midfield is getting torched lately. So yeah. uh, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Yeah, and VB's got to take the blame for it because um, we are obviously setting up the way that he's asking us to set up, because, and, and it's wrong the way we're setting up. Yeah, he's, he's very inexperienced because I don't because he just coached for um, was a West Coast, and then he came straight back to us, and he didn't well, have not, that much. Experience. He's, he's not a, he's not inexperienced. He was coaching them when they won a flag. Mm. 
Yeah, but he wasn't the main coach, was he? Because I feel like he no, was, was just mid- his... midfield coach. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. Because I thought he was just like an you know like a side kind of assistant coach, not the actual like midfield one. My next thing I was going to ask you guys: Do you think I should go to the you game? Know, like a side this kind of assistant coach, not the actual like midfield one. My next thing I was going to ask you guys: Do you think I should go to the you game? Know, like a side kind of assistant coach. Where in Geelong? Not the actual like midfield one. Yep, in Geelong. My next thing I was going to ask you guys: Do you think I should go to the game? I don't know, mate. Where in Geelong? You're a big boy. You can work it out. I'm scared to go, but I want to go. I don't know, mate. Where in Geelong? We're looping. We're in a loop. We're looping. 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 We're a sound loop. We're Macro, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we back now? Are we right now? A sound loop. Macro, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we back now? Are we right now? A sound loop. Macro, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we back now? Are we right now? A sound loop. Macro, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we back now? Are we right now? A sound loop. Macro, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we back now? Is that better? Yes. It was just going around and around and around the same words. Okay, all right, all right. Don't panic. Carry on. Animal, back on. How are you, mate? (laughs) Oh, God. Animal, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but uh, that's enough of that. Let's move on. Let's look at the uh, team stats, shall we? Um Disposals, 367 to 355, 228 kicks to 208. Handballs, 139 to 147. Uh, inside 50s, 52 to 46. Uh, disposal efficiency, um, uh, they were burning the ball a bit up until it mattered. <laughs> um, but uh, our efficiency wasn't too bad, but I felt as the game wore on and they put more pressure on us, our disposal efficiency dropped off, Mac. Um, free kicks, 28 to 18. I must admit, I was almost embarrassed by some of the free kicks we got. We can certainly not complain about the umpires this week. No, um, I, I thought we got maybe a half a dozen at least that I couldn't even see. Yeah, and they didn't pay a few that they should have to Collingwood. So uh, a really a bad one over the shoulder in, in the, right in the, goal, the Collingwood goal square in the last quarter. Yeah, which would, would have keep, been a goal. Just, just keep talking for a sec, mate. Yeah, but well, overall, I, I thought that um, the umpires gave us a good run. I think most of the decisions that were there uh, were paid, and I thought we've got a few bonus ones thrown in. And uh, several times I thought we could have gone for holding the ball, and we and we didn't. So overall, we can't blame the umpires. We can only blame ourselves. The way we played, um, well, firstly, missing shots that we should have kicked. And then, secondly, uh, not having the courage to uh, to play to play positively rather than uh, try and defend, just defend, defend. Because eventually, if you just try to defend, defend, eventually you're going to get caught out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm just removing some idiot that's on our chat. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. So the other one was saying about yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that's fine. We don't um, need that. No. Um. All right. Is so another, is that another smarty there? No, I can. We beat you as well. I don't want to hear nothing somebody says. Same person. Don't worry about it. All right, hit outs, 52 to 27. Um, I had a real problem. Have a look at that, 52 to 27 hit outs, Mac, and yet we lost clearances 25 to 46. Talk to me about that. <laughs> it, it's, again, this business of where they keep one out. We, and we all go in like mad chooks when, you know, we throw the grain in, the chips run into the, in, in the chook yard. That's us. Whereas... Um, they keep one on the outside, and uh, while we're wrestling away from the ball, they either tap it out, knock it out, handball it, whatever. And that you've got, and then they have their half bats running past, or whichever line that, that, that is nearest. And they get a very, they get a very quick movement forward. Um, whereas when we get a centre bounce clearance, we don't have that sort of structure. We're all there fighting away, and uh, then we usually generally get a bit of a blind kick forward. So. Um, our, it was very clearly that you could see, see it to me when, you, when they lined up for every bounce they had one player back you could see it very clearly and it just got them the, the clearances every time so I mean we've said for basically all, or for a season and a half really or for even longer that O'Brien's ruck work isn't the best um, particularly at centre is uh, not as bad around stoppage, but certainly uh, centre uh, clearances. His, his rucking is very one-dimensional. But th- th- that he is what he is, right? And the one thing that O'Brien is is very predictable, right? We've said this before. So mm. why aren't we setting up in a way that at least negates other teams being able to read him? Well... Because we again we don't have anybody out waiting. We've got everybody going in. This yeah, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, why are, why are we doing that? Well, that's, that's a coaching for, deficiency, right? It's got to go back to Van Burla because I mean he's the, the, if you're the midfield coach, you're the one that tells them what the setups are going to be, and well, they're not going to they do defy him every every centre bounce. They're doing what they've been told to do. Um, why? I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just wrong. You can see it. Yeah, and, you know, they go through tapes and every Monday or whenever and they go through hours and hours of looking at opposition and all the rest of it. How much analysis can they not be doing on their on our own centre work? Because they're either not implementing what's being asked of them or they're not being asked to do the right thing. It's happening too regularly now. And it will happen. It happens in most games, certainly against sides that are thinking where their coach is thinking they have that that loose one back. Um, Carlton tend to do that a bit too, as well. Well, I mean, it's happened to us two weeks in a row now. Warpool got us um, uh, for Hawthorne, and and we got done again um, this week against Collingwood. It's happening regularly. We know where. I mean, you and I could rave to to Riley O'Brien. Um, mate, because we'd know where the ball was going to go. Um, mm. I just don't understand why this continually happens. Well, uh, yeah, I can't give you an answer to it because I'm in. The, I have the same uh, 
quandary as you, wondering why this keep, keeps reoccurring when it's obvious. Yep. Anyway, so that was a big problem in my opinion because they got first use so often um, and it was critical in the last quarter when they were coming back. They, I think they had the first six clearances out of centre or, or whatever and it was just it was a bit of a procession. Um, I haven't seen us get belted around stoppage clearances as much as we did though, Mac. And no. it was it was what you said um, at the beginning that they had they always had a, a a player at the back and partly because we were actually uh, letting them have one extra at the contest. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what did happen. Yeah. All right. Contested possessions were even one forty three to one forty two. Uncontested two eleven to one ninety nine. Turnovers. Uh, we certainly made them turn the ball over a lot more for the majority of the game, which is why it's such a shame that we didn't take advantage of that more. Um, we had more more of the uh, possession marks, 105 to 72. Marks inside, 59 to 7. Contested marks, 17 to 4. I think we were 41 to 14 marks at, was it quarter time or half time? I think it was quarter time. 41 to 14 marks. Well, we, we were using, um, which I thought was pretty good tactics, actually. Rather than trying to attack them one side, we'd, we'd uh, switch sides, which we'd, uh, we'd go back through the centre, then back, back to the other side. So there was an opening, and then we'd get an attack through that. And that's why we were down there, our forward line, so often. So I thought that part of, that, of our game was good. But, you know, then we just wasted it once we had the opportunities to have shots at goal. Yep. Uh, look at this. This is <laughs> time in front. <laughs> One hundred nine fifty-five to us. Thirty seconds for them. Yep. Oh, don't break your heart. Uh, tackles fifty-six to seventy-four. Um, I felt like that's because they were chasing us on the outside for quite a bit of the game. Uh, tackles inside fifty-eight to thirteen. One um, percent is relatively easy. Uh, look. I think it was relatively simple to analyse this game. You didn't really need to look at the stats. They, after quarter time, um, we were doing very well in, in the first quarter of hitting up at 45 metres out. So we weren't bombing it into Darcy Moore when we were getting the ball. We were hitting it up short. And, you know, that's why Pedler and, and Rochelle, etc., were having pings at goal, um, shots that they should have kicked. Um, but... Collingwood adapted to that after quarter time, Macaron. We didn't seem to have a plan B for our forward 50 entries. And, um, you know, as the game progressed, we just started going back to our usual long bomb. Um, it didn't feel like we had any alternatives. I would have liked to have seen um, Nick's pull um, their tools out of our forward 50 and gone one out with Rankin for a while. I don't think he tried enough in our forward 50. Once once Collingwood understood what we were doing, um, Nick's didn't try to change that up. No, no, I agree. I agree. Thanks. Um, all right. Um, the other thing, obviously, that didn't happen is that in the last quarter, I don't feel like we took the game on, Mac. Well, that, that was real. I was really angry about that because we were... I was... We were so, uh, so, what's the word? So consumed, consumed by defence in the sense that we threw virtually all of our players back. I was trying to see what would happen if we ever did get the ball 
somewhere in, in position around the wing. Well, there was nobody. There was probably about three Collingwood defenders and maybe one forward. And um, we were just consumed with defence. Well, if they're on top, they're running on top of the ground, and we're trying to fight like crazy to hold them out. You make a mistake, they get a goal. So, and whereas if you're actually playing a football game where you actually try and attack as much as you do defend, you're at least a 50-50 chance you might you might score. And you know, if we had scored one or two goals in that quarter, it would have been very very handy, and we would have won the game. Well, here's the thing: if if you're behind by four or five goals, then you start playing with nothing to lose, right? So, and it was pointed out in the commentary that Collingwood were just kicking to space, kick, just kicking to grass, just trying to get the ball on the outside so they could generate some run. They, what they didn't want it to be is congested, so they would get the ball and just kick it to grass, and then bank on their um, on their foot speed to to get the ball forward. They were also um, playing the conditions better by soccering and knocking on, and I felt like we overused the ball a little bit at times during the game. But you know as well as I do that when you're playing with nothing to lose, all of a sudden you're not worried about making errors. It's almost expected that you will. So the pressure is actually off you, and as an opponent that's in front, when you've got a, a team coming at you that's not playing with any fear because, you know, they're already behind. If they lose, well, they're all going to lose anyway, right? What you, What's happening is a lot of those opponents are running ahead of the ball, right? And so mm. when you turn the ball over, you've got to come back at them. You've got to take advantage of the fact that they've all run forward of the ball and all out of position. What we were doing was slowing it right down across half back and allowing them to get back into flooding out in uh, you know, our and transition, forcing us to go up and down the line, forcing us to go slow, forcing us to take risks when we eventually did pass the ball off, um, because we weren't prepared to move the ball quickly when we turned it over. Now, well, that, I, that, that and that, that is the problem too, because. Uh, that meant by doing it slowly, it was going to be predictable where we're kicking it to every time. Well, and this is the thing, right? So um, the only way to beat an attacking team, because let's face it, Collingwood are, are a good team um, and they're going to come at you. We would have known that. They've shown that all season that they're, they're not going to stop coming at you. So it was, again, up to the coaching staff, in my opinion, to give the players license to win the game rather than save the game. And to me, we played that whole last quarter just trying to hang on to our lead, and it was never going to work. Never, ever does that work. It never works. No, I said that to Mrs. Macker. When we had nobody really attacking, anybody trying to defend, just saying, you know, we were at OK last corral, you know, just trying to hang on. We're not even trying to score. And, and the best way we could hurt them is if we, if we played some attacking football and scored because then that just makes their uh, job a little bit harder. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping that the coaches uh, take a bit of uh, learning out of the game as well as the players because I don't, I don't think we coach very well from the box. I really don't. Well, the question for you, Thane, is uh, did you agree with the who was subbed off and who was subbed on? Well, well, I mean, I can't disagree with who was subbed on because there's only one player to sub on. Well, no, I, well, 
My understanding yeah. is that Saligo got subbed off because he caught one in the back in a marking contest. If it, right. if it was actually because they just wanted to get Harry on and get uh, Jake off, then I'd think it was a terrible decision. Well, that's that's why I asked the question, because I, I don't know why uh, Saligo was chosen, because I thought he was definitely in our best five players at that stage. Yeah, well, I have a feeling that he got crunched in a marking... He backed into a marking contest and got crunched, and that's why he got subbed off. Well, if that was the case, then fair enough, but... Uh, and they saying that Nick's in his press says they subbed him off for fresh legs. If they subbed Jake Saligo off for fresh legs, then that was a howler, an absolute howler. Well, that's what I wanted to know, because to, to me... Um, you know, Schoenberg's not worthy to be mentioned the same name as Saligo. Schoenberg did nothing when he came on. Well, I mean, he got a couple of touches, but he was also complicit in the end of uh, uh, dishing the ball out to the corridor and allowing Collingwood to pick it up in space. So, uh, I, I, look, to be honest with you, a big ask for Harry to come in and try to play quality midfield minutes at the death in a game yeah. like that. Um, but he's not that kind of player, in my opinion, I would have been taking um, Wayne Miller off. And quite frankly, I've had a gut full of Wayne Miller. It's soft, isn't he? It's not just that he's soft, Macca. He does nothing. What does he offer us? Um, look, he he can look good when he uh, gets the ball and does a nice, neat, quick kick on somebody's chest. But that's un- all without a contest, it's not too good when there's a fierce contest. But it's not even about that. It's not It's not even about him being soft. He is actually not interested in hard contests, right? I, the amount of times I just saw him just hanging outside the pack, hanging outside the pack, not at any stage committing to anything. He's supposed to be a running half-back. He's supposed to give us drive off half-back. All he does when he gets the ball is kicks it short. He plays it safe all the time. He doesn't give us anything. And I think he needs to be shafted out, to be honest with you. And I would have much rather have seen them take take Miller off and done a bit of a rejig. If they were going to put Geordie across half-back, they could have take, taken Miller off and left, left Saligo in the, in the rotations, in my opinion. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, actually, yeah, a lot of people have said that, and I noticed in the chat that Miller should have been the one supped of, not um, not Saligo. I'd just probably mention to the Collingwood people that are coming on and trolling on the chat, out of all the games that we've played this year and even last year, you guys are the only ones that have ever thought that it would be a reasonable idea to come on and troll a Crows uh, podcast. So, um, yeah, not real smart. <laughs> Um, look, let's run through some individual stats because there were some good performers at Macca despite um, the loss. <laughs> um, look, what do you think of Geordie's game, Jordan Dawson? I thought he was best on ground, Russ. I thought really? he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah he, uh, I think he had 30 possessions and of those 14 were, were contested, and I mean genuinely contested possessions. I thought... Geordie gave, uh, gave his, his heart and soul for us. Oh, no, no doubting that he uh, that he put in a good effort. He had 30 disposals, 21 kicks, 9 handballs, 3 marks, 5 tackles. 
Um, he had 14 contested possessions, 12 uncontested. Seven turnovers, Macca. Seven turnovers. Yeah, um, under a lot of pressure, yeah. Six in, intercept possession. His, the, the stat that's gone down for him over the last couple of weeks is this one here. He's not getting involved in scoring chains as much as what he was earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, one of, the, one of the things about moving Jordan into a more midfield position was that we needed him to be able to, to direct the ball into our forward 50. But I'm finding that he's still getting a fair bit of the ball behind centre, Macca, and he's not actually being that player to, to be the kicker into the forward 50. And I, he's been worked out pretty quickly, and he's going to have to, along with the coaching staff, work through it, because at the moment, for all his efforts, we're not getting a lot of reward from him. No, in fairness to him, he is the one that they concentrate on, and Laird's benefiting benefiting from it in the sense that he's got he's uh, he was one that they used to always sit on. But since Dawson's got there, he's the one that they really sit on. So yeah, um, and which makes it, and that's one of the reasons why. Uh, look, I, perhaps he, perhaps he wasn't my best, but he I had him up in our best player. Put it that way. Oh, you so see, backtracking now. A little bit. Just a little Look, bit. Because 696, 696 metres gained. He, he got five clearances, one out of centre and four at stoppage. Uh, five tackles, seven inside 50s. Uh, four rebound 50s. So for yeah, those seven know. inside 50s, he was only involved in three... Uh, score, he was only involved in three scores. Yeah, I, I still think he's right up there, though, Clay. No, I'm just saying that's that's quite an interesting statistic that he had seven inside 50s. We've seen before that when Geordie has seven inside 50s, normally five or six of those will result in four uh, in scores. And interesting that today only three of them resulted in scores. No, but we're normally not playing a team like Collingwood who has got a, uh, a top uh, midfield and they play it hard and tough. And they, they really sat on him as well. Or maybe he wasn't kicking the ball well into the forward 50, Mac. Well, I remember some of the times he was being, had players hanging all over when he was actually kicking the ball, so that, that doesn't help. But, well, uh, not when he was kicking it into forward 50, Macca. Oh, I can remember two or three that times it was. But yeah, that, that's not okay. neither here nor there. All right, Lady, I thought, um, given that he was under an injury cloud, um, played particularly well, 29 disposals, 13 kicks, 16 handballs, 7 marks, 4 tackles. Um, he had 10 contested possessions, 18 uncontested possessions, turned it over 5 times, 4 intercepts, took 7 marks, all uncontested. Um, only 182 metres gained. He was really our in-and-under player. Only the two clearances, Mac. Um, one out of centre, one in stoppage, uh, four tackles, one inside 50. His clearance work is down. It certainly was. It certainly was. Um, he, was getting, he was getting the ball more in field play than he was uh, uh, in clearances, which is... And also, I think he's wheeled down on tackles too, wasn't he, Fane? Um... In a sec. Tackles he had four. Yeah, well down a tackle. I mean, it's, sometimes he's had four, has fourteen. Yeah. 
He played a slightly different role. He was, was Jordan Dawson was the main man that they were targeting, and, and so, so he was more trying to get out in the open, and um, he, he was sort of playing in between half forward, half back type of thing. The thing is, it seems to me that we've got a very uh, limited midfield in that it's Laird and Dawson, and whoever's in that third spot is almost like a, a bit player, like a very defensive um um, midfielder, and I don't know whether that works. That's to me, you've, all three of your midfielders have got to be able to work both ways. You've got to be, you've got to be able to read the tap. You've got to be able to understand where the ball is and understand where your opponent is. And I think just to to have a a, a one two sort of situation like Laird and Dawson to me is just too one dimensional. Well, that's true. You do, you need that burst player and. Um, uh, well, I think, uh, well, they rotated Saligo through there. They, uh, they rotated Rochelle through, Rochelle through there. I don't know whether Keys went, went through there at all, but uh, uh, I think they were the main two that were going through there. Yeah. Um, Jakey Saligo, 24 disposals before he was subbed, 10 and 14. Six marks, three tackles, kicked to behind. Um, he had 13 contested possessions, uh, 11 uncontested. Contrary to a lot of people saying otherwise he only had three turnovers uh, six intercept possessions uh, he was involved in seven scores um, he was one of the reasons why we were able to get the ball to the outside in that first half Mac I felt like he was playing a really good role as that first receiver um, in in our transition and I, th- I thought he was playing really well I was dead set surprised to see that uh, that he got dropped off well, I agree with you. In fact, I probably would, at the stage when he went off the ground, I'd probably had him very close to our best player because he, for the very reason that you just said, uh, I thought he played a terrific game. And, you know, he's fearless and he gets and he earns hard balls. He doesn't get just earn gift balls. Uh, he's a very courageous kid. And I, I thought he played an outstanding game until he went off. Yeah. Um, another one who showed real courage, I thought, again, was Chase Jones. Um, 20 disposals, 15 and 5. One mark, four tackles, kicked two goals, two. Um, he had 12 uncontested possessions and six contested. Didn't turn the ball over, had four intercepts. Um, six score involvements. Um, in ten, had 409 metres gained. Um, interestingly, even though he didn't have a centre bounce attendance, he had a centre clearance, so I don't know how that works. Um, four tackles, four inside 50s. Um, he got better as the game went on and uh, was instrumental in keeping us in it, um, you know, towards the back end of the third quarter. Yeah, after three-quarter time, I thought he played an excellent game, excellent game. In the last quarter, not too many people did play an excellent game for us because we were just more involved in trying to spoil and stop rather than having any flow in the game. Um, look, aside from that, I felt like uh, Josh Rochelle started like a house on fire. Um, 18 disposals, 12 kicks, 6 handballs, 6 marks, 2 tackles, but kick 4 behind smack. Um, yeah, disappointingly so, because some of those should have been goals. Yes, that's right. 6 contested, 13 uncontested, 4 turnovers. Um, he was involved in 6 scores, um, 281 metres gained, a couple of tackles. Um, you know, I mean, 
is a young player who's going to make those sort of mistakes. Um, but uh, I, look, I don't have any problem with him trying to t- trying to take the game on and uh, be a be a, a key player in the game. But I think at times he's a bit tunnel visioned at the moment. Um. Yeah, look, look, he hasn't played all that many games for me. When we added up, we... No, that's what I said. He, yeah, and and that shows that once he's got another season or two in, I don't think he'll be making those type of mistakes. No, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% well, agree. Yeah, at the moment he just sees glory and, and does that without thinking rather than yeah. thinking too. Yeah, and I don't want to... I don't want to anyone to suppress that out of his game because there'll be times when he will win games for us. Yeah. 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 Um, look, Rory Sloan, I thought, again, um, you know, when the whips were cracking, he was right there. 18 disposals, 11 kicks, 7 handballs, 4 marks, 6 tackles, kicked a crucial goal. Um, 7 contested, 9 uncontested, only turned it over once. Um, took four marks, three of them uncontested, 326 metres gained, three clearances from center, seven centre bounce, uh, well, three stoppage clearances, um, six tackles, two of them inside 50, had four inside 50s. Um, just another good game from Rory, and he's ticking over nicely at the moment. Well, the, the rougher the game, the better Rory goes, actually, because, he, I mean, he's not a sprinter these days at age 33 and coming back from a knee injury. But um, yeah, look, he's brave and he's courageous, and I think you know, and I thought that he does what he's he, he's certainly doing. He's pulling his weight. Oh, he's doing more than pulling his weight, Macca. Well, yeah. What, what I'm saying, you know, he's winning his position. Yeah, but it's more than that. Yeah, I know. He sets a very good example to the younger players. I mean, some of those efforts on the outer side, when he like that double tackle that he did on the outer side, um, another tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's more than pulling your weight. That's picking the side up on your back. Well, yeah, that's true. Like he did with that goal, for example. Um, everybody's missing bloody goals, and Rory calmly put it through. Yeah, that, that's you're right. I mean, you know, I'm I've been happy to um, to say, you know, that. Sloane's time was over and all the rest of it so I think it's important that we recognise the fact that he's proved us all wrong and he, he's a real key player in this team this year He has proved us wrong team. We, we both thought that he was probably shouldn't shouldn't have played another year but uh, no look he, he's, one, he's one of the greats of the club he really is one of the greats of the club and uh, he still is Yep Hundred percent. Nick Murray, I thought was the best of our defenders, Mac, uh, and also had fifteen disposals, eleven and five, eleven and four. Um, I just feel like he's really progressed. Took five marks, two tackles. Um, you know, um, only turned it over a couple of times. Six intercept marks, two score involvements, um, two fifty-eight meters gained, couple of tackles, six rebound fifties. He's he's now your he he's the sort of um, modern defender that you want now. Hard at it, can shut down a big player, but also was very good on on uh, Johnson. 
uh, as well, who's only a medium-sized tool and didn't really make too many mistakes, I didn't think. Murray has developed into possibly our best defender in the competition. You know, even better than Duda in terms of the importance. He takes a very good player all the time. And, uh, I mean, he's just so physical. He can either either marks it, spoils it, but then he follows up as well. And he's a... I wouldn't like to stand him. He's a very physical guy. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's turned out to be a gem. Yeah, absolutely. I... Conversely, Jordy uh, Butts is in a bit of a funk, isn't he, at the moment? Oh, God. I mean, he is... I, I, for example, that that I, I can't believe any AFL player could do that kick that he did at that t- stage of the game. I'll I mean, tell you how it happened. I, I, I'll tell you how it happened. You go back and have a look, and I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly how it happened, Macca. He spots a player... But he's so deliberate with his kick that he actually takes his eye away from his target and it's a good two seconds, good two seconds before between him taking his eye off his target and him actually kicking the ball because he he watches it like he's down looking at his foot for a good two, two and a half seconds. That's how it happens. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. He, by the t- he looked and by the time he's... He's not the speediest guy in the world, and as you say, it probably took two seconds at least in that time for him to kick the ball. And of course, a lot happens in two seconds when a guy's running uh, to cover somebody. Yeah, um, a lot of people saying, "Oh, he only had the one bad turnover." Well, it was a bad turnover, but uh, there were some other things that he uh, didn't do particularly well. Anyway. Um, We've talked about Miller already. I don't want to talk any more about him. Um, Riley Thilthorpe snuck in and had a pretty decent game, particularly after half-time, Macca. Um, 15 disposals, 10 and 5, 7 marks. Uh, kicked a point that shouldn't have been a point. Uh, 12 contested possessions, 2 uncontested. Uh, 3 intercept possessions, 3 score involvements. Uh, 6 contested marks, Mac. He He's really starting to clunk them when he gets there. He just doesn't get to enough is my like to, for my liking. No, but I, I like the way his graph's going though, Fiend. If you draw it, definitely an upward graph at the moment. Um, he's now, you know, he started off and he had that boom game in the first game, and then he never really sort of uh, followed it up. But he's now he's doing the forward ruck roll, and um, he's starting to clunk those marks. And as you say, I think they were they were all contested those seven marks, weren't they? Um, Six of them. Six of them, yeah, and uh, yeah. If he keeps progressing at his current rate, like in a, in a maybe give it two years, he's going to be a bloody champion because he's, he's got all the attributes, and the he's a very much a confidence player, and uh, yeah, I think his draft's on the up. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, of the rest, Luke Pedler uh, flashed in and out of the game. Um, Lockie Murphy similar. Um, Max Michelani was solid once again down back. Didn't do a lot wrong. Um, ben Keys, Ben Keys, um, I think he was. I mean, it was never a hard tag on Dacos, and when Dacos got injured, he kind of they dropped that off a bit. Um, so he got burnt a bit. Ben Keys, he could have had a couple, um, but got oh, burnt a bit. Should have, should have had, a, had at least two or three because he. 
It, it worked bloody hard to get into that position there where you could have just kicked it to him and got an open goal. But no, they had their bloody shots and missed. So I'll put this to you because I thought Darcy and Tex had average games, Macca, and Riley did most of his work up the ground. Did we go in too tall for the conditions? In hindsight, yes. In hindsight, yes, we did. Because... Um, between Darcy and Tex, you know, we didn't even really get a half a game out of them, really. Um, so, yeah, we would have been better off with uh, a more mobile forward line. Yeah, and I also, I think they made a mistake having Harry as sub. I would have stayed with Ned McHenry, to be honest with you. I don't think Same Ned here. had done a huge amount wrong, and it was always going to be a pressure game um, in damp conditions, a, a game made for Ned McHenry. And I... You know, I I think I actually think the coaching staff have had a stinker for this game. Yep, agreed. Totally agree. So you know, so uh, Sam Berry in the twos had a had a good game. Uh, so that's good to hear. Hopefully, he's starting to turn his form around a bit and find some fitness. And I reckon we could really use Sam in that midfield rotation uh, just to change things up a little bit because. He's he's a bit light led except that he can actually get through congestion when he's on song. Sam Berry's got great strength through the legs and and core. So, um, and I think that's what we're lacking at the moment. We're sort of um, flicking the ball around rather than being able to break through congestion. At his best, he is a burst player, and uh, and he can get as you say, can burst his way through the pack and and get the ball in there very quickly, which always gives you an opportunity to get a goal. So. Um, he, uh, he apparently had a good game in the twos, is that right? Yeah, not not bad. Like probably his best game for a while. I think he um nineteen ninety saying he faded after half time. I stopped watching after yeah. half time, but uh he, he looked okay to me. He may well he may need another one in the twos, but then he, he wouldn't be far off getting back in the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh Warrell's another one. Uh Parnell, I don't see a lot of Parnell today, but I'd rather have him in the bloody side instead of Miller, I'd rather have you on the side than, than Miller, Macca, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think Parnell will probably do the better job. Um, but um, I, seriously, I, I, I'm with you, Miller. I, I, I'm not a Miller fan, uh, and uh, I, I certainly would make a change and, and, and bring in uh, Parnell for him. Um, I know he's a little bit smaller, but he's uh, more gutsier and courageous and can contest, and he's very good disposal. I won't knock Miller for his disposal, but it's just for his overall um, courage, really. Yeah. Um, the last player I just want to touch on real quickly is Isaac Rankin, Mac. Um, so 13 disposals, 7 and 6, 3 marks, 5 tackles, kicked 1 goal, 2. Uh, including an absolute howler um, that he could have either given off or should have just kicked the damn thing. Um, eight contested possessions, six uncontested, two turnovers, four score, score involvements, um, 191 metres gained. He had four clearances, three around stoppage, five tackles, two inside 50s. <sighs> I don't know what to make of his game, to be honest with you. Useful. It was a useful game, but not, not without... If he turned it into one or two more goals, then we would have said he had played a good game. And uh, I, I think, quite frankly, just if you want to be really nasty, you, you could say that, that that running into the open goal 
when missing it, well, when he could really should have kicked or either handballed it and got a goal, was so costly. That one in particular was so costly. That's when you, 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 the whole side goes, oh, well, I won't say what they said when they're yeah, thinking, no, but yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah, that that type of one is just so costly. Uh, look, I, I thought that if he if he had have kicked a couple of goals that he could have got, uh, then we will be saying, yeah, not a great game, but it was a handy game. Uh, because he missed them, well, he was just a bit off. I would have actually liked to have seen him involved a bit more in centre work. Yeah, yeah, that I've would be good. I've said that for a couple of weeks. I, I just feel like we're a bit one-paced in there. And, and like, you know, Jake Saligo did quite well when he was in there, but... I feel like we could use a bit of rank and zip and, and dancing feet and agility through there at times. Yeah, the dancing feet thing is very relevant because there's nobody else dancing in there at the moment. So, um, no, he's got the ability to twist too and go, make, make it um, think he's going one way when he goes the other way. So, uh, yeah, I think he should have been used uh, there at times. Yeah, anyway... Look, you know, we can't dismiss the fact that we fell within a point of um, the form team of the competition. Um, we wasted opportunities. But, you know, I, I really am a bit dark with the coaching staff because I feel like we were set up to fail a fair bit. Um, you, we have got one of the most uh, potent forward lines in the competition. And for us to only kick 58 points, uh, to me, irrespective of the accuracy, to me, says that we're not, utilizing our our strength and as i said um a few minutes ago i felt like once they cottoned on to the fact that we were hitting up and trying to avoid darcy moore um you know uh, we didn't seem to have a, a second option and I, I just feel like it was a chance for us to really exploit collingwood they were without pendlebury they didn't have a ruckman um, you know, and we've got a lot of options up forward and I just didn't feel like we um, exploited that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it all comes back to the centre though. I mean, and, you know, if we, if we, uh, if you look at the clearances, they tell the story anyhow. Um, uh, if we sort of even broke even on the clearance, we still would have won the game. And if we'd kicked straight, we still won, could have won the game. So in spite of like coaching blues, in spite of this, in spite of that, at the end of the day, the greatest enemy was ourselves with our kicking for goal. Very true, Maka. And um, dare I say it, it's not going to get any easier next week. Well, I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> we're going to alpha, Alphabet, aren't we? Yeah, so we're at Alphabet uh, 140 on Saturday next week. Uh, and right. that should be quite an interesting game. <laughs> uh, Geelong back in form, obviously, um, and uh, risen quite steeply up the, up the ladder. So, uh, you know, we haven't won there since I think you were playing, Max, so uh, uh, that's quite well, some time ago. Well, and we, we won't be winning again on Saturday. I, I can't see it because Geelong, are, uh, they are right back in form at the moment, and... It's a horrible ground to play on, and um, most teams don't handle it very, very well. And you've got the, I don't know, how many holds about 40,000 rabid, oh, I can't, better not be too derogatory, but uh, supporters there. It's a, it's a hard ground to, to win on. Not many people do. Look, and, Mac, this is a tough stretch for us. We've got um, Geelong over there, 
Then we've got St Kilda at home. Uh, then we've got the Bulldogs at Mars. Um, I, it's a it's an interesting four game stretch. Would have been really handy to have picked one of these off, like the first one off today. Um, yeah. But what's your pass mark? Well, I, I think we, for me, I think we should beat both the. I think you said St Kilda and the Bulldogs after the Geelong. Geelong, Geelong Saints and Bulldogs. If we are going to be a side that's going to make the eight, then we have to win those two games. Saints and Bulldogs? Yep. I've conceded Geelong. Yeah, and then we've got the Lions at home as well after that. Uh, Lions are very, very... If you're playing up in Brisbane, I'd say, get, say no, not much chance because they don't lose very often up there. Uh, but they're vulnerable when they travel. So I still think we go show against them as well. So what's your pass mark out of those five, including today? So we we zip one of the of this five game block. What's your pass mark? Um, I would say we've got to win at least two for a pass. And if you want to pass with a with a big tick alongside it, three. Yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I would like to see us win the games that we're playing at home, which is St Kilda and uh, Brisbane. And it would be really nice to jag one of Geelong uh, and um, uh, Western Bulldogs. The Bulldogs one is the more gettable one. Um, uh, we, yep. We've beaten them there before at Mars. Um, I'll tell you what, we're getting a stinker of a bloody fixture. We've been at Tassie, we're going to Kidinia Park, we're going to Mars. Bloody hell. Yeah, actually, when the uh, pictures were released, it was uh, someone uh, did a summary of it, and we we travel to more ground than anybody else does. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Northern Territory as well, Vardy. You're right. Um, so anyway, look, um, yeah, I, I think two out of two out of the the five, I think, is okay, um, and keeps us in touch with a slightly easier run coming in. Uh, with maybe jagging our final spot. Um, if we get an extra one, that'll be a bonus, I think. Yeah. I know we've all been doom and gloom, but the po- there is a, a positive out of today, is that, as, as we say, Collingwood, um, they're right up there. In fact, they're on top of the ladder. Um, and really, we should have beaten them, and it was a, we who beat, beat ourselves, not them. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, this is part of the journey, and that's you asked me how I was at the beginning, Mac, and I said probably not as pissed off as Sun. Some, and that's because this is part of the journey. We're not winning a flag this year. Um, no. We need, we need to go through these fixtures and we need to learn how to win and we need to build confidence and we need to be able to be aggressive in these situations. We failed today, not only players but um, coaches failed today but they'll learn from it and um, you know it, it's not one of those situations where like if you read big footy threads sometimes you think the world is caving in um, you know they had they had a heartbreaking loss where even though they did a lot wrong Macca they were in the game for all but 30 seconds yeah exactly right and uh, you know They'd all be sitting out after the game thinking, if only I'd done this, if only I'd done that, without, that, without the coaches telling it. Um, they'd all know that they, they, their own little bit of stuff up costs us the game. Yep. 
All right, Matt. Uh, just before we go, just a reminder to people that uh, uh, if you're listening on YouTube and you haven't subscribed as yet, uh, please consider give us a, giving us a subscribe. That would be lovely. Um, helps us out with a whole bunch of things and also give us a like. Um, next week we are back at the normal time. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us on Discord and on YouTube. Your supporters really appreciate it as usual. Another strong audience tonight, Macaron, and another strong viewership on YouTube. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, well, you know, we live to fight another day. I think that the, we'll be fighting hard this week, but um, that's to be expected. And I, at least I hope the boys uh, put up a good show and don't expect them to win, but uh, at least, uh, you know, give it their best. Uh, and then I think after that, then I think we can... Uh, as you say, get two of the neck that four, or, and maybe even three of that four, and then we're back on track again. That's right. All right, mate. Well, look, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Have a safe week, and we will see you next Sunday for another weekend wrap. Good night, everyone. Yeah, and thanks everybody for coming after the loss. Catch you guys. See ya.